Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North, and today I'm going to go over two games I watched. The only two I watched today. I didn't check into the West Ham match because I had other things I needed to be doing. But Bayer Leverkusen against Borussia Dortmund and Leicester versus Chelsea. These two matches were pretty good to watch. Actually, a little bit difficult. The second one was harder for me because I'm a Chelsea fan. But I will say, game of the day for sure of the two in terms of contest was Bayer Leverkusen against Borussia Dortmund. These two teams, both in the top four. Borussia Dortmund needed a win today to have really any prayer of even dreaming that they could maybe be in a title race. Now that Bayer Leverkusen beat them and laid down a marker, Borussia Dortmund are just going to need to try and qualify for the top four for the champion, for Champions League. And Bayer Leverkusen, they're still in the title hunt. And they look really, really good. From the beginning of the game, they were the sharper team. They were really, really just clean, quick, slick in their passing, more aggressive, just better in every single way. And they they scored a goal in 14 minutes and really should have scored another one before the end of the half. Moussa Diaby had a brilliant finish, excellent touch and finish from a long ball from Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey looks the part. He looks a real talent. And I mean, this team is really good to watch. Another player who impressed me in that first half um, was Florian Wirtz from Bayer Leverkusen. 17-year-old kid, looked right at home. And I've seen him play a couple times before. I didn't realize how impactful he can actually be and how much he creates space for the people around him. He's a very talented young player. It's pretty amazing what this Bayer Leverkusen Academy churns out. The funny thing is, Dortmund, they've been terrible in so many first half of games this season. They've just been really bad. They start slow in so many games. I think they've scored the vast majority of their goals in the second half of games. So at least this game did have the possibility of heating up if Borussia Dortmund decided to show up in the second half, which they did. And it was pretty bizarre and impressive to see the the change in momentum and it didn't seem to come from anything except, well, there was halftime. But Dortmund came out and completely dominated the second half. Completely dominated it. Scored a goal. Julian Brandt ended a long goal drought with a really nice pinpoint curler. Stuffed it into the bottom corner. And a totally deserved goal. It was game on. It was, okay, this, this is going to be a great finish. we got 20 minutes left. These two teams are deadlocked. And both want to win. You can tell. But Bayer Leverkusen were just struggling to get any control. And then right up until the 80th minute, it looked like they were going to get scored on. But they went ahead and got the goal. Florian Wirtz, the 17-year-old, scoring to make it 2-1. Of a really nice slick counterattack from a mistaken midfield by Dortmund. And then Dortmund, after that, you kind of expected, well, they're just going to come right back and surge at, for the final 15 minutes of this game, really try and put something in because, of course, there was going to be some stoppage time. But it they just looked desperate and out of ideas and rushed. And then everything sort of petered out really for Dortmund. So 2-1 victory in the end for Boru- or for Bayer Leverkusen. Excellent win for them. Still in the title hunt. And Borussia, and Borussia Dortmund. It's starting to look like they're really going to have to do some kind of a rebuild in terms of some members of the squad this summer and maybe even a really, really you know more experienced coach. So we'll see. Leicester, Chelsea. Well, Leicester were good. Um, Chelsea were not, but Leicester were not excellent. 
They were very efficient, and it made the game really comfortable for them. Chelsea were okay, created some opportunities. There were some chances that looked pretty good, and you're thinking, well, I mean, the margins are tight between that being a goal and not. But the reality is it didn't feel as if they were going to create more. These just were flashes. It would be like one really quick, nice team move from the back would end up in a cross and they almost score. But this wasn't happening with any regularity. Chelsea just looked like they were just a little disjointed in moments where they needed to just be calm and more solid and manage the game. And the thing that I worry most for Frank Lampard here, because I, I think he's a good coach, and I think one of the things that he has done is identify a lot. They, they identified how the team conceded a lot of goals last season, and they've done a really good job of rooting that problem out. But now goals are coming from sort of random different areas, random different ways. And I think most of it has to do with not having necessarily the correct approach for a certain period of the match. You're going into a game against Leicester City. A pacey squad like this that can blitz counterattack you with so many quick players. And also three central players that are very talented on the ball. You're, you're asking for trouble setting up in a 4-3-3 and going at them with a whole team stretched out. You lose the ball once, now you have to defend, and once you're defending, you have to weather a storm. Well, I just don't feel that Chelsea are going into games, especially against teams that are above them in the table or playing well or on a good run. They tend not to manage certain sections of the game. So that first 10 minutes, instead of just going at teams and trying to find a way to score an early goal and, and setting a certain tone, you know, if you don't score in that first 10 minutes and all of a sudden they start to attack, the whole momentum changes. It's a 90-minute match and momentum shifts are huge and they make a big difference. And so what a lot of teams do, especially the teams down at the bottom, one thing that defensive teams will do is they will take a lot of early pressure in order to just get a foothold in the game and to try and just frustrate their opponents a little bit. Chelsea are not a difficult team to frustrate. There's a lot of young guys out there who are trying and trying and trying. But once it stops working and once they get off the, the same page, which we saw a lot, there was misplaced passes and then the body language. That was the other thing that concerned me. The body language started to get worse where players were getting really upset. I think the only player for Chelsea, again, that really showed – what what you want, especially if you're a fan watching, is Mason Mount. You know, the energy, a lot of the time the quality from him was really, really good. But once Chelsea were one nil down early, it felt like it felt like such an uphill battle. It felt like unless they were able to nick a goal back quickly and equalize the game and reset it on even footing, Leicester were always going to be comfortable and win this game. And that's the way it sort of panned out, which to me was really frustrating because Again, I don't feel Leicester were as swashbucklingly good as they were against Man City or as they have been against other teams. I've also seen them be more rigid and solid defensively this season than they were today against Chelsea. But they were efficient, Leicester. They did the simple things. They exploited spaces very easily. They did basic things that also made Chelsea uncomfortable. From time to time, go long. Now, this is something I saw from Leicester. And it drove me crazy how rare I saw it from Chelsea. You've got three players up front. All three are quick. Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic, and Abraham. They're all really quick. 
you have to send a ball over the top every now and again. And there were multiple runs that they would try to make where you'd see them run, and then they would be annoyed and upset because they didn't the, the pass didn't even wasn't even attempted. And I saw Rudiger way too many times just push a ball wide. Kovacic way too many times just play the ball wide or backwards. When if you look up, you've got these people who are these players who are desperate to score goals, desperate to create attacks. They're making runs. Send it. As long as you don't massively overhit or underhit the ball, you're creating something. In addition to just making the defenders turn and run at their own goal, you create opportunities for winning a second ball if they're the ones that get it. You can gain an enormous amount of territory up the field. It's like in rugby or American football. You kick it over them so that you can advance and defend from a higher point than right in front of your own goal. And sometimes I've seen teams who, you know, I mean, I think Man City seen a goal that they scored, I forget when it was, where really all it was was they just lumped the ball forward. Uh, the other team wins possession, and then they just pressed them, won it, and scored. And it's like, that, that's a pretty simple formula, especially if you're under pressure, you're down a goal. Very few attacks have actually gotten through the other team's midfield because, once again, they're all so compact, the defense keeps pushing up because you're never sending it over them. You're not keeping them honest. And then players like Mateo Kovacic keeps getting the ball in the midfield and Kai Havertz, and they keep passing it backwards or sideways. Well, if you're a defender, that is a win. So that was really frustrating. And on top of that, two players who I think just need to be braver for Chelsea. Huge talents, but they need to just be braver. Callum Hudson-Odoi, for one, and Reese James. And it's for a similar reason. I don't feel as if they drive and dribble and attack with pace anywhere near enough. If They absolutely have the capabilities, the talent. It's just about doing it. Callum Hudson-Odoi is the type of player that once he can square up a defender and get into the penalty area one-on-one, you can't touch him. You can't tackle him. He's going to go around you, and you might foul him. Also, he's got a pretty good shot, can deliver with both feet, can cross well. Get into the box, man. So many of the times he gets it, takes a few touches, advances towards the defender, and then pulls it back. It's like, that's not what your your skill set is good at 1v1s. Please do it way more often. And then for Reese James, I think Ben Chilwell does this a little bit better than Reese James. But one of the things that Reese James does that really keeps him from, really, honestly, it breaks down team moves, but it also keeps him from being as involved in the attack. He will get the ball. The first thing he needs to be doing is touching it forward and running for the first five steps fast. Break that attacking line of your opponent's get into their midfield and force them to come out and pressure you. If you go slow, the forward comes over, applies pressure, and then the amount of times Reese James turns and plays the ball backwards, it's worrying because you're looking at a player that should be doing so much more. You've seen do so much more. And look, I know that confidence is low at Chelsea right now, but the only thing that's going to bring it back is some bravery. And players like this... They need to do it. I think Christian Pulisic tonight had a few really nice Maisie runs. But when you have players of that level of talent in a team, that's the stuff you need them to be doing. That's what's going to make you different and better than your opponents. If you just try to play a basic, simple pass and move style, your opponents can match you there. 
And if they match you, they can beat you. And so I think Chelsea are just, they're in a tough point right now, but why on earth they don't send more balls long and why they're not breaking lines on the dribble more often is, I, I it's beyond me. And I think it's one of the main reasons why they start to get stale and they start to look like they're found out. And that combination of things is the worst possible thing for a manager on a bad run. If you're a manager on a bad run, you at least want to be seeing some goals, you know, maybe a little bit of haphazardness here or there, or maybe just some players struggling. But today was the most worrying of all of the performances I've seen in this bleak run that Chelsea are on. And body language was a problem. And that's not the kind of thing that is a, is really a positive if you're a coach looking at your team. You Those are the things you do not want visible. So, look, I I, I don't know. I, I don't really know if Lampard is um, what he's telling the players. I can tell you right now, if I was Callum Hudson-Odoi's coach, I would be grilling him to dribble into the penalty area more often and to get around to complete three, four dribbles a game. Like, you have to beat three to five players on the dribble have to do it three to five times per game. No question. They has to be in attacking areas. It can't just be, you know, beating someone in the midfield and then squaring a ball, right? You, you have to beat someone, force someone else to engage and potentially, you know, that's how you create an opening. That's how you can potentially create space for someone else or yourself. And it's, it's worrying to see these kinds of things. The lack of bravery and the lack of confidence, it's not the good combination for Lampard. So, hmm, going to be very, very interesting to see how this works out. Uh, I really hope that he gets the rest of the season. And then, you know, once the season's over, if the club wants to really look at it and go, look, we think we can get someone in who's going to take the club forward now better. But it's not the best thing in the world to just fire people midseason especially when you've still got the Champions League knockout round coming. And let me say this, Atletico Madrid are a very tough team to beat, but they are nowhere near invincible. They are nowhere near invincible. Chelsea could very well win that and be in the quarterfinals. You know, then again, they could also go and be naive and lose the way they've been playing. So we'll see, but I really hope Frank Lampard doesn't get the sack. I kind of am just waiting for tomorrow to see what happens because it's always the next day with Roman Abramovich. It's always the next day you find out. So thanks so much for checking in. Tough day for Chelsea fans. And congratulations to Leicester fans, really. I mean, who would have thought that the title win wouldn't look like just a flash in the pan? This is actually a a squad and team and club now built to be challenging for Europe on an annual basis. So... Wonderful thing for Leicester. They're your neutrals' favorites. They have to be, right? And tough to see them just dominate my boys today. But we'll see how it goes. Thanks for checking in. This is Campfire Football.